right, everybody, welcome back to uh, another episode of the podcast. A lot of lot to talk about today. This might be a pretty long one. Uh, lots of sports going on. Lots of not sports, but sports adjacent things going on. Uh, Luke, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to get it, get into it. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's been a long day. I'm a little tired, so I got my sugar in liquid form here with me. What's me the uh, What's the beverage of choice? It's a grape crush. Grape crush. That's solid. I got a uh, a brisk lemon iced tea here. Oh and, man. Uh, and my nicotine stick here because I can't. An I can't ever see brisk or think about brisk and not think about the old commercials from when we were kids with like Rocky Balboa. Like they always had the best commercials. I know what happened. <laughs> Oh, now, now you never see. I I don't even remember the last time I saw a brisk on the shelves. They fell real low on the Pepsi totem pole. You have, you have to order that on Amazon or what? <laughs> not quite, not quite. All right, enough shenanigans. Uh, well, let's just address the elephant in the room first, and we'll move on from there. The John Gruden, oh man, story. Uh it's an interesting one, that's for sure. <laughs> interesting is a understatement here. Yeah, uh I mean we were talking about before we started recording properly that we didn't want to get too much into it. Uh you know, cuz it's a it's a rather this is a sports podcast and then sometimes we talk about bullshit like soda and stuff. Uh we're not here to talk about politics or you know social things like that uh so we're not going to touch upon what what we think about what he did or anything like that other than that it was kind of silly um to put it lightly but what do the raiders do what do the raiders do from here they've got an interim head coach which you know things coming out about him saying that he's pretty good dude um and knows football but you know if he if he leads them on a you know a successful campaign the rest of the way, does he just take over the job full time? You think, or do you think maybe there's already some plans in the works as to who their who their next guy is going to be? Uh, well, personally, I think I think that the regime is gone. I, I think that the majority of the coaches that are there, Gruden's guys, I think they'll I think they'll part ways with that as well. They keep Mayock. I, you know, that's the interesting one. And, and looking at the big picture of it, that's, that's the w- biggest question mark I have it. I think, I think the rest of it is, is pretty much set in stone. I, I, I don't think a lot of those, the coaching staff's going to be around just, just because they're going to, they're, I mean, they're going to go take other jobs. I think, I think the environment there is probably not going to be great the rest of the year. I'd be, I'd be genuinely it's gonna, shocked if it was straight. I think out it goes and, one way. It, I think we get, an extreme on either and they either like rally around each other and you know play competitive football the rest of the way or it's a total shit show and yeah exactly it's at the end of the day it's a talking point every week as to like something else crazy is going on with the raiders yeah at the end of the day i mean it's just still their job right they still have a job to go do um i mean there's obviously disgruntled workers in the workplace everywhere you go but they still have a job to do so i'm i am i'm curious to see 
And like you said, it is it is going to be extremes. They're either going to do their job really well and rally, or they're going to think the season's kind of washed and not do a good, very good job. But yeah, the Mayock thing is it, that's the biggest one. That's the biggest question mark I have. Do you do you move on? And if you do move on, does Mayock get another opportunity? Um, his his tenure there is kind of his tenure there has been kind of you know depending on who you are. I mean, you some people look at it like it's a, he's done a good job. Other people look at picks like Cleveland Farrell and think like, wow, we can't waste first round draft. I don't know. I that's I, I'm yeah, curious to I see mean, how that plays out. There's whiffs in the first round in every draft, but I think that one is made worse because how recently they had traded away Khalil Mack prior yeah. to getting, you know, Farrell. So that one that one looked pretty bad and but on the other side of the coin, he brought in guys like like Max Crosby and um, you know they're by far their best player uh, Hunter Renfro. So it's it's yeah. tough. It's it's so fifty fifty. There's there's no real thing that, like stands out where it's like yes you know he'll get another job or he'll get to stay or no he's he really screwed he really screwed up here and we got to get him out. Like it's so my my question to you then is let's okay so you think that they're gonna ditch the coaching staff do you think that means that they in searching for a new head coach or staff did they try to find somebody who you know maybe operates a a similar kind of you know west coasty system because of the pieces they already have kind of were selected and brought on the team to fill those kinds of roles or do you think they go with like a total like hey we're gonna get rid of a bunch of guys we're gonna change this thing up um, personally, I, I think it's, I think it's too, it's too hard to find a coach to fit what you already have going on. I mean, it has been done in the past, but I think, what I think is you, you don't even really put any names in the hat quite yet. You let the year play out. Lots of guys are going to be on the move at the NFL level and the college level. I think you just kind of sit back and wait and watch, kind of see how this stuff's going to play out, see what kind of guys are probably going to be available and then that then you have your list. But I don't think they, they try and put themselves in a box and try and fit what they already have going on. I, I mean, I think they can do a couple of different ways about it. They can bring in a head coach who's more of like, you know, he's not going to be the one bringing a system in kind of a guy. Somebody there who's just like he's the leader, you know, and then they can go and find coordinators that, you know, run similar schemes to what they were doing already. Um, but I think that they would only do that to, if the season, you know, if they end competitive, if they just, you know, are turds the rest of the way, you know, and they just, you know, maybe win two more games the rest of the year or something like that, I think that, you know, kind of blows the door open for them to just, okay, we're going to start from scratch again kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, or or at mean, least get rid of some pieces. But if they, I think if they end the season, you know, res- respectable, um, even, you know, they're not necessarily – out of it by any means um but if they if they end strong i think they would want to continue to build on what they already have and then that's when you would want to bring in somebody who's familiar or or runs a similar system i mean it's you know it's the west coast you know it's such a prominent you know offensive style these days it shouldn't be too hard to find somebody who like you know has some similar concepts that way they you know the players that are there now that are going to be there 
next year don't have to start from scratch. Yeah, no, I I, I get what you're saying. I, I'm I you know I'm curious. I'm I'm really curious on how it goes. But it is the Raiders, and you just never you just never freaking know what they're gonna do. You know, it's it's such a <laughs> yeah, it's they're such a just a confusing group over there. You just you just can't pinpoint any of it. I mean, I like I said at the beginning of the season, I thought they were gonna be way more competitive than they have in years past and it sort of looked like they were heading that way until all this nonsense came about so i mean that the core is there too they have the core the core they can build off of that and the guys that they have there are versatile enough to adapt to new things but i mean another big question mark they have is what's going to happen with Derek carr you know they don't have i don't think he has if any guaranteed money left like if a new regime comes in no, you know, wants to when he's done at the end of the season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got a new coach coming in, you know, more than likely if it does, if it goes bad, they're going to end up with a top 10 pick. There's a couple quarterbacks in the upcoming draft that might, they might have to take a look at. So I guess we'll see. It's going to be very interesting because, you know, they just moved to Vegas. They got a brand new expensive stadium. And the last thing they want to do now is go into a rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's great timing for the whole thing. Yeah, it's pretty crap. I would I would hate to be a Raider fan right now. Just the the mystery that is the future of the of the franchise. Right now, I'd hate to be a Raider fan at any given time. Eh, I mean, you know, 30 years ago wouldn't have been too bad. <laughs> Over the last 20 have been pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> that's, All right, that's moving true. on. Moving on. Okay, so last week, uh, we had talked about it uh, being a pretty good game uh, on paper, and then it ended up being an incredible game, the Browns and Chargers. Yeah, I wish – Did you expect that? I did not expect this in the slightest. Me neither. I thought the Browns' defense was going to put a better fight. They they played well through three quarters. They, they did forty seven points. But now, granted, but almost, one of those TDs they scored themselves. <laughs> yeah, but almost but, thirty, almost thirty of the points were in the just in the fourth quarter alone. You know, it was yeah. that was a really competitive game up until that fourth quarter came around. I mean, it's just like, God, I mean, there was probably over forty points scored just in the fourth quarter alone. It, it got kind of crazy in the fourth. But uh, I, no, I, definitely I would didn't not see be, that coming. If I was a, a Chargers or a Browns fan, I would be very concerned about, you know, my defense. Uh, giving up 40 points. I mean, they both gave – the final was 47-42. So both defenses gave up 40 points. And, I mean, it's extremely hard to win an NFL football game giving up 40 points. I mean, uh, I'm looking at the breakdown right now, though. I mean, at at the end of the third quarter – this year, what was that? 24, 27. They're up 27, 21. You know what I mean? That's like, that's a relatively good competitive game. It's just that one quarter alone, the Chargers scored 26. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously you don't want your defense to give up 40 points in a whole game, but if you're looking at the breakdown of it, like it's just that fourth quarter and they couldn't close the game. I mean, Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt both had, they had great days on the ground, but that fourth quarter Herbert just took off and, I mean, Mike Williams had a gigantic game again. That dude yeah. finally, finally, consistently 
coming out and showing up every week. That guy, he's he's such a big dude too. I didn't realize how big of a guy Mike Williams is, but he's huge. Yeah, he's a big boy. Uh and I you know, if I'm a Browns fan, I'm a I'm a I'm concerned about the defense, you know. Is that just like a fluke game, you know? They happen. Um it's nothing to like freak out about if that's the case, but I I'm a little concerned with their uh, wide receivers, they contributed almost nothing in that game. It was pretty much all tight ends. Yeah, I mean they're 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 big boy football. You know they let the they're big, big guys football, and the running back sure. and the running backs um, handle the handle the job. And I know you know Odell's coming off of an injury. Maybe he's not quite a hundred percent, but you know he two two catches for twenty yards. Yeah, it's unacceptable for that kind of yeah. talent. That's just that's unacceptable. My biggest concern with the Browns, though, I mean, he specifically got by a running back. <laughs> yeah, specifically me. though, with with the Browns, I'm concerned about their ability to close these these tight games. You know, are 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 we looking at a, a potential Chargers of the past where you know they get these leads and they can't, you know, they can run the ball they want, but when it comes down to hey, we got to close this game out, we got to get first downs, and we can't get penalties and stuff. Like, can they do that? And can they do it against good teams consistently? I mean, it's definitely a team of people that are still learning how to win, you know? Yeah. Like most of the people on – most of the guys on the Browns, you know, they very few of them have probably ever been a part of like successful franchises. These guys are like career Browns. You know, last year was their first good season in what, how long? Like 2002 or something like that? Yeah, it's been a long time. 2007, <laughs> Derek Anderson almost took them to the playoffs. Yeah. I think they lost a tiebreaker. <laughs> I think they lost a tiebreaker there and got sent home. But, yeah, that's – I mean, it's been it's been a long time. But if I'm a Browns fan, I'm not too, too concerned. I'm concerned, but I'm not stressing out too much. If I'm a Chargers fan, I'm ecstatic. I mean, that was a huge, huge fourth quarter, and that's a huge offensive day for them. this coming week? They play the Cardinals. Uh, oh man, that's a see. There we go. We got another. It's in Cleveland, so you know they don't have to go on the road. But another high high scoring offense. It's, I mean, it's going to be interesting if they if they give up another. You know, I think Arizona is averaging like thirty points a game, thirty five points a game. So if they give yeah, up another, firing. if they give up another, you know, thirty forty points again, then. I would start to be concerned, but like I said, you know, you can have fluke, fluke games. Uh, you know, they happen. It's not out of the ordinary. This see this game that with the the Cardinals is going to be huge. It's I think the Browns really do get worked against the Cardinals, and one of the bigger reasons why I think that is because the pass rush for the Browns is really good, right? Miles Garrett on one side and uh, having a brain fart of the other guy on the other side. Is it? Is it? Vernon, I think somebody, whoever else is on the other side, I can't remember. He's pretty good though. Somebody's, uh, but I mean, that's like one of their strengths is being able to get to the quarterback and, and, you know, and stop the run. That defensive line is really good, but against the Cardinals, when you got a quarterback that's as quick and evasive as Kyler Murray is, and then, you know, not having as strong of a secondary to, to really defend against Arizona's air raid, I, I think it could be a really long day for the Browns next week, but I guess we'll have to wait. I mean, I could be wrong. I've been wrong. I mean, the Cardinals—they were held at home to 17 points last week. 
so they're not, you know, unstoppable. Unbeatable. Yeah. You of know, course. seventeen points. You know, you give up seventeen points. You know, as the for the Browns. You know, if that's the benchmark you're trying to get, like, you know, they, you can live with seventeen points. Given given that up, that's not a a backbreaker. And I mean, according to this thing right here, the they're favored by three and a half. Cleveland is. I th- I mean, as long as the defense still plays good and they're able to run the ball, I wouldn't count Cleveland out against just about anybody. Like those are that's a formula of winning football. Yeah, um, they just have know- to keep they just have to keep it clean. You know, keep the ball on the ground. Don't give the ball away. Hold the ball for a long time. And that's that's gonna be their best shot. Don't commit stupid penalties. Don't commit stupid penalties. I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing good teams shoot themselves in the foot and cost themselves games over stupid bonehead penalties. Yep. All too familiar with it this season. That uh, that Packers Bengals game. Oh, talk about good. a shit show! Oh my god, it you was know, pretty okay. good aside from special teams. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, you know. It, <laughs> You know, I, people forget that it is a uh, a phase of the game that is important. <laughs> it is important, and we have a really good, historically really good kicker in 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 Green Bay. They just had a tough day, you know. They both kickers. Well, there I mean, was a lot of Crosby kicks last weekend just across the league. I think it was just one of those weekends in the air. Just yeah, something in the air. Exactly. Yeah. No, for sure. But I mean, Crosby missed what five. Like four in a row or something like quite, that. It was like three in a row or something. I mean, it yeah, it, it was too many, misses. way too many, and he missed an extra point too, I believe. And I so, don't think any of them were very, like you know, he wasn't missing you know fifty eight yarders or anything like that. No, and these the, were like <laughs> pretty reasonable kicks as far as and like he was hitting them the same caliber. way every time he he off that left side every single time. Like you think like, hey man, I keep doing this, I gotta. You know, these kickers, they make these little adjustments and stuff, but he kicked that same ball every single time just outside the left the left goalpost. It was so aggravating because it got to the point where I'm like, I just want somebody to win. Like, does anybody want to win this game? Because it really didn't feel like it. Yeah. No, I, I, I didn't catch the first half, caught the second half, you know, right when all of the bullshit started happening like that. And it was just like watching it was just, okay, somebody could – Somebody wants to win this game. I just don't know who it is. Yeah. It, you know, one thing I was well, really I knew... impressed about was oh, the yeah. was Jamar Chase. And obviously yeah. he's he's legit. I at first I really didn't think he was legit. And and personally I have him on a fantasy team and I didn't even start him ever one time until this week because I just thought it was kind of like Burrow kind of force feeding him at the end, or you know, just he could I didn't feel like he the volume was there for him. But I mean, after watching him and actually getting to see him run the route tree and do all that stuff in the game, the guy's legit. He's, he is a damn good wide receiver over there. Yeah. That thing in preseason where he, that he was saying it was harder to catch the NFL ball or something like that. That didn't help his case going into the season. That's for no. Sure. And that did get blown up a little bit too. I mean, it, it is, it's factual. It's not like what he said wasn't true. Like with, when at the high school level, level and college level, when you see it's a circle and the ball is coming your way, it's a solid circle that you get to keep your eyes on, and you can you stamp your hands right over the top of that circle. You catch it, you know, hundred percent of the time. When you got good visual, you got a good spiral, and you put your hands on it, you're going to catch it. When the NFL, it, it is the balls, the ball's a little bigger, 
right? And I, I don't really know why it is different. It should just be the same all the way around. But the ball's a little bit different. And not having that little stripe, like, that makes a difference. Like, that makes a huge difference because you're so used to it, right? Like, all throughout Pop Warner and high school and college, all that stuff, you always have it. And then all of a sudden, that crutch is gone. You know, I mean, most guys don't have an issue with it. But, I mean, it is there. It's definitely, definitely a difference. Yeah. But uh, does he – is he currently leading the, the league in touchdown receptions? He's got, what, like five? He's yeah, he's way up there. I don't know if he's number one, but he's definitely he's definitely up there. The uh, the Bengals, man, they have like a really good track record of getting like a young QB receiver, you know, tandem like coming in at the same time. You know, they yeah, had it with AJ Green and Andy Dalton, and, and uh, you know Carson a, and Carson and Ocho. Yep. So let's see here. I'm curious. <laughs> you got you got me curious. Now I got. I wish we had a young Jamie here to kind of go look these numbers uh, and stats up for us. But we're we're not quite yeah. at that point yet. But we're, we're yeah we're we're the only two people in our friends group that I would trust to run the internet. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, from so what I'm seeing right now, there's a young Jamie out there. Hit us up if you want to work for free. Yeah, if you want to work for free. intern, if yeah. you want to intern, if you want to intern for it. So what I'm seeing right now, so Jamar Chase, he has five touchdown catches, but God, I didn't realize how many other receivers have the same amount. Hollywood Brown's got five. Dawson Knox has five. That's a Cooper, yeah, Cooper Cup has five. DK Metcalf, but our touchdown receiving leader for the year is Mike Williams, down in LA. Okay, big boy. Interesting. I got two of those guys on my fantasy team, so I'm sitting pretty. W. All right. Any any other uh, games from last week you want to talk about? Um, I you know I know we're an oh, anti. Here here we have one. I got one. I got. Hold one. on. Can, let me cut you off. So no, because I, so I, I know forget. where you're going. I know where you're going, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I'm curious. The Chiefs are they in Was trouble? It- wasn't the game, but uh, all right, I'll get into that. The Chiefs are in trouble. I they are in trouble. That the defense is bad, right? The defense is it's it's way worse than than I think most people are willing to admit. It's really bad, and the Bills. I mean, the fact that the Bills didn't do anything crazy on defense. All they really did, all they really did was was sit too high, too high safeties. And it it just I, you just watched it. it. I mean, weather obviously played a factor in this game a little bit, but the, the putting the two safeties deep and taking away the deep ball that just killed them. They killed the Chiefs. I, I know, think couldn't get anything that, going on the ground. Yeah, they don't like nobody respects their run game. You know, I mean, unless, why should they? Unless Mahomes is scrambling. I mean, he had sixty-one rushing yards in that game to lead the team. The next highest was twenty-seven. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you can't just be one dimension that one-dimensional. I mean, you're it's no gonna, secret the quarterback, good teams like the that. quarterbacks were the running backs for, on both sides of that game, or on both yeah, on both sides. Yeah. Like Josh Allen ran the ball really. Patrick Mahomes and the times that he did run, he ran really well. But the running backs were non-existent. But the thing is, is with them also the Bills, the Bills can. They can go big, right? They can put Dawson Knox lined up. They can add a second tight end. They can bring in the fullback. They can run the ball like that if they want to. 
Kansas City doesn't have that. Can they though? Because we haven't. It's been a long time since we've seen the Bills actually, you know, run the ball with authority. And not they don't do it in high volume, but they but they're capable. What I'm saying is, and here's here's the thing. Okay, so the fact that they are capable of doing it makes a difference because that is a threat, right? That is something that a defense has to think about. The defense has to be aware that that is an option they can go to. Are they good at it? No, but is it there? Yes. Kansas City doesn't have that. They don't. They don't have that big package where they can put the running back in there with some big boys and and go get a couple yards. They they rely on the spread. They want to like, be spread I know, out. I know Edwards Hilaire got injured in that game, but I mean, even even if he stays in, I don't think it affects the outcome at all. No, definitely not. But I think not having that tool to 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 bring that in as a threat. Cause I mean, you got to think if, if you're just looking at the numbers, right. You keep five in a box on defense, right. No matter what, no matter what formation is going on, you always keep five in the box. They got five offensive linemen. You got five, five defenders. Most of the time there's six in the box, but the, the bare minimum you're going to have is five. Those five are going to beat Kansas city's five, 10 times out of 10. Right. Because they don't have that threat to bring in a tight end, bring other guys in and, and get the blocking down. To, to create a good running game. They don't have that ability. They got to rely on Mahomes throwing the screens and throwing the ball deep and doing all that stuff. And if, you know, all of the Bills did, like I said, is put like the a, two safeties high and took that away. They basically just run like a high-skilled collegiate offense, more or less, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, too. Maybe it's like it, Maybe it's finally catching up to them. They did still complete a lot of, a lot of you know, of balls. You know, they, they did – complete a lot of passes still but it wasn't a threat you know they they just the defense just kept it in front you know kept them from scoring which obviously is the big thing right take away the big play and it 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 worked and that's a recipe that other teams are going to start trying to do to the chiefs and them not having a defense that's that's it's oh man i didn't realize how bad of a position they were in until we watched until i watched that game on on uh, sunday that Hitchens was still playing linebacker for them. I feel like he has been in the league for 30 years. That's what it feels like. <laughs> that's yeah, that's definitely what it feels like. That that rookie that they have over there though, um, he's got the he's got a weird last name. I can't remember what it is. Bolton, I think. He was pretty good. You know, he's he's yeah, a bright spot. And then, you know, there's something schematically that's just not working for them though. And I know they're hurt a little bit in the secondary, but schematically something's just not there. I'm I'm not ready to just count them out. You know, every time it seems like people start to try and count them out, they rattle off a bunch of impressive wins or something. So, you know, they could very well easily just come out this week and crush whoever. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like what we said before, too, though. You got Patrick Mahomes, you got a chance. So, obviously, they're, yeah. they're still going to be competitive, but it's, you know, come playoff they're, they're time. Playing, and they're playing Washington, and, you know, that would be a good one, I think. It's in at Washington, but... Washington, they don't look quite as good as advertised. No, definitely not. And, you know, Kansas City right now on the road is favored by six and a half. That's, you know, I'll buy it. I think the Chiefs win that game. Uh, I take the points, a, in too. And a rebound. But, yeah, uh, let's, that'd be let's a good bet. Let's move on to this week. Hold on, before we go to this week, I because I I was gonna was gonna bring this up real quick. We'll only spend a couple a minute on it or so. I know we're an anti Cowboys podcast, so yes. you got to answer this one question. 
are they actually good or are they bullshitting us? It's so hard to tell with them because they do this kind of shit every year where they'll have a stretch where they just look really impressive and then games will start to matter and they'll lose. So, you know, what I need to see them win in December before I'm, you know, crowning them as arrived and championship contenders. All right. I can second that. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. Big, any big matchups you're looking forward to this week? Um, I mean, I, I think just because of all of the stuff going on around it, that Raiders Broncos game is going to be interesting just to see, you know, what. What Raiders the, are we getting? Yeah. How do the Raiders respond to such a cluster of a week? Yeah, against a team that I don't really have any faith in either. You know, no, no. We're starting three. You know, you know, we still everyone's kind of sit back like, well, they're three and then they play kind of sucks ass, and you know, losing their last two. You know, kind of starting to think. You know, Broncos fans got a little too excited. Kind of, they kind of look like ass. Yeah. But uh, so I mean, that would be a good. That's going to be a good opponent though for the Raiders. It's a divisional game. You know, first first one with the interim coach. Yeah, this is going to be a good way to. I mean, it's not going to. Tell... Are they going to fight? Are they going to compete? Are they going to? Are they going to try? Going to compete? Yeah. Or are they just going to check out? Exactly. You don't want them to check out. If if you're a fan of the Raiders and you see your team fighting and losing, you know that's acceptable. But if they're out there just kind of phoning it in not really seeming to care that's when that's when you start to get mad i know that uh you and i though this week are going to have a very stress-free sunday because the saints and 49ers have buys so it's thank the, god it's the best week of the nfl season that's right it's the best week when you when you're a struggling team you just you, you just count down the days you count down the days before you get a week of just just time to breathe I know, I know. Normally, that uh, you know, players and coaches, and even sometimes, you know, myself as a fan, I don't like the early buy. Uh, but at least on the 49ers side, I mean, if they played a game this weekend, chances are, uh, Nate Sudfeld, the third string quarterback, would be starting. So I'm, I'm very excited <laughs> that there's a, that there's a bye week right now, so they can get some healthy. Healthy players back when they exactly go play the Colts on Sunday night in two. Yeah, weeks. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of of bye weeks being around this early. I I personally didn't think that there we, we should have a bye week until after like week eight. Uh, yeah. You know, you put more teams in the yeah. bye, but it's just too early. It's too early. I mean, there's not a lot of team. I mean, more for early buys than teams are. I mean, I mean, you you just hate getting the schedule. You know, going into a season and you see you got a week six buy or week seven buy, you're just like, oh, what the hell did we do to you guys to deserve that? Like, damn it. Yeah. Like, we got to play 12 straight. <laughs> yeah, come on. Like, give me a break, you know? But uh, as, as as far as this week's schedule, I'm telling you, there's there's a lot of just ugly matchups. A lot yeah. of, not a lot there's... of games to get really excited about, you know? I know. Nope. The, uh, the Jags, they might get their first win over the Dolphins because they look pretty bad. Um, 
one game Bears I, Packers that might be interesting just because it could be. It's a rivalry game, you know. They're usually pretty good. Personally, I I know it's it's the same team as last week, but personally, the the game I want to see, and it's it's the Bengals again, but they're playing the Lions in Detroit. And normally, this would be like a yeah. Normally, this would be like a who freaking cares? It's the Lions. It's the Bengals. No one cares. But that Lions team, even though they are sitting at like zero and five or zero and whatever it is. They fight every week, man. They bring it every week. And they've had a, every loss has just been like this last minute heartbreaking loss, you know? That very Are we first week. Get another MCDC crying at a post game press conference. I, I hope I don't, not. I don't I, ever want to see that again. I hope he does cry. But this time around, I hope they're tears of joy because they go in, they, Bengals come into town and MCDC and the boys kick their ass right back out of town. I want to see it. I want to see the Lions get that first win. And I want to see I want to see a stamp on that. Like, hey, we came in, we saw, we conquered, you know? Yeah, it would be nice that to, for them to get whatever their first win is. Maybe it's not this week against the Bengals, and I don't think that it is going to be, but it would be awesome if it's just like they crush a team, you know, just out of nowhere, they catch somebody on a bad week or something and they're able to just take it to whoever they play build some confidence yeah. and get that get that win out of the way so that way you don't you know geez can you imagine and it if makes the the... win another winless season oh god see but the thing is that like when especially for a team that's gotten their ass kicked all season and by ass kicked i mean just losing the games they like i said they've all been really close but yeah, then when you finally get that when week. you finally get that win you know after you know after some losses you especially if you go in and just dominate it that it's so fun, right? It's fun for the fans. It's fun for the players. The coaches feel great. Like that's you got to reinstate that the that you're playing a game and it's supposed to be fun. And that does you you get that win finally. Like they're gonna feel it, and that can build some great momentum going forward. I hope they win. Yeah. I I mean I don't. I'm with you. I don't think they do. I think the Bengals are are legit. I do, and I they're, think they're gonna go they're in gonna, and they're gonna probably beat win. them. They, exactly. They think that they got robbed last week, so they're gonna want to take it to the Lions. Exactly. But if it goes the other way and the Lions win that game, be ecstatic for them because that, that's a good bunch. It's a good bunch, and it's for for a team that's. I mean, obviously, like I said, they're zero and five. But God, I, I don't know if I've seen a team fight as hard as they do and bust their ass as hard as they do, and not win. You know, it's kind of it's kind of a crazy thing, but. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, tears of joy. You know, I'd hate yep. to. See, yeah, I'm with you. I'd hate to see MCDC crying hopefully, again. That, hopefully, his face is wet from a Gatorade bath. You know, that's the kind of coach that I want too. Though, like, I mean, I love Sean Payton. Don't get me wrong, but I love how passionate he is for the game. Like, this isn't just a job. This isn't this. This is like, you know, it's football. You know, and it's it, the the level of passion that the man has is just admirable. Yeah, I. Uh... It was, you know, it's kind of based off of last week, and I forgot to bring it up earlier. But so last week, we saw all of the big name first round QBs drafted all played last week. So Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and uh, Mac Jones. Mm -hmm. So my question to you. 
give me how you think rank them in five years. Where do you think they're going to be in five years? Rank them. Okay. So do you want me to start from the bottom to the top? Whatever, whatever you want to do. Okay. Well, I'll start. I'll start from the bottom. I think, I don't think Zach Wilson is going to be in the league in five years. Now, do you think that's because of his ability or just because he's on the Jets? A little bit of both, right? I don't think the Jets, the Jets tenure that he's going to have is going to go well. I don't, I don't really see a whole lot of, of optimism. There's not a lot of optimism there while he's in, in New York. And yeah, I don't think, I don't think this like is never any optimism around the Jets. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think this is this is also like a uh, like a Sam Darnold thing where it's just like you have a, a talented guy who's being held back by his organization. I think this is more of a guy that's just he's just years away from being ready. And the way that the NFL is, they don't give you a lot of time. You know, I mean, think in three three years when the Jets are finally just like, hey, screw this, like we need to we need to look into the draft again being like hey you know what let us trade for him we'll start him like carolina has with darnold we'll start him and he'll be able to revitalize his career here i just i just don't see i don't see the potential there i don't see the potential that that these guys they thought they saw when he was getting ready to be drafted and this is another thing i'm not a huge fan of of quarterbacks going that early after only starting for a year i mean i I, i mean i think he started for two but had a season ended early from an injury or, or something like that. But I just, I didn't, I don't, I don't think he's even remotely close to being ready. COVID abbreviated season. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. So five years don't, I don't see Zach Wilson being around. Uh, number four, I think Mac Jones, really? I think, I think Mac Jones and wait, hold on. Give me the list real quick. Just so I'm going to make sure I'm not skipping anybody. Trey Lance, Trevor Trey Lawrence, Lawrence, Zach Lawrence. Wilson, Justin Fields. Oh, just okay, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So I stand by. Okay, I think Mac I mean, Jones. He's looked the best of them so far. He, so far, yeah. But I think he's. I think he is going to be a uh, low ceiling, high floor kind of guy, and put him in the same category as like, say, like a Teddy Bridgewater, or just you know somebody of that caliber, or even like an Andy Dalton. Right, you're you're not going to get anything super crazy good out of him, but he'll be consistently good throughout his whole career. Right, he'll be a starter for probably. I mean, that might be able to win a championship in New England, though. It's possible, yeah, definitely. I mean, but I'm thinking he'll be, he'll be a starter for eight years. He'll be a backup for three or four, and then that'll that'll probably be the end of it. So, <clears throat> have him at four. I think Justin Fields. No, I take it back. I say Trey Lance is probably number three, and okay. I think I think his first two years are probably going to be rough. You're probably going to hate hearing this, but his first two years are probably going to be rough. Going to bring you guys a lot of heartbreak. But I think with the organization that you have and the style of football that you play, I think after that that second year, he'll really really find some some good because he's another guy who hasn't been a starter for that long. Or I should one, say, hasn't played season. high. Yeah, exactly. Hasn't been a star that long, and hasn't played high caliber football that long either. Not saying that no, the I FCS isn't to something today, you know. And they were talking about it was it's a Niners oriented podcast, and they they were saying, you know, because he had that he got injured. It looked like uh, 
when he got stuffed at the goal line running in and they were just talking about like, Hey, you know, you're not, you know, you're not at North Dakota anymore. You know, the, the guys you're running over there are, you know, they're, those guys are insurance salesmen now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a lot easier to do. It's a lot easier to, you know, truck some, you know, dork in the FCS. Than exactly. An NFL linebacker. Exactly. It's just, it's a different level of the game. And, but I, I, but I think that you guys do have a, a strong enough organization and, and the system that really, really will help facilitate his growth. Like I think, like I said, it'll probably be a couple years, right? It's two seasons is probably a good enough time to adapt to man football at a, at a high, at the highest I can, level. I can see him having a Josh Allen type trajectory. Yeah. You I know, mean, obviously the potential is there. What three seasons for Josh yeah. Allen? before he's like yeah because his first two were mediocre calling him a bust yeah yeah exactly so i i would i would put him there i'd put him at i'd put him at three um justin fields to me then like that you have fields and lawrence i do having really really good careers i i because if you have justin or justin lance trey lance at three (laughs) you have him at three but you're saying that you think that he works out and is good and, and is good. I think, I think one, I think on my one and two really depends on the organization more than the player. I'm going to have, I have Justin Fields at two. I mean, neither one of them have good track records of quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, true. But I think, or coaching staffs. I think the, with the Bears, even with mediocre quarterback play, they've stayed competitive. You know they 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 even made the playoffs years ago with with Mitchell Trubisky last year yeah so I mean it's they they stay competitive and I think Justin Fields has all the tools to be a really good quarterback he has all the tools he's mobile enough he's got a great arm he, you know as, as far as I know he's a pretty good leader as well as you know uh, Sean when he was declared the starting quarterback he went and film and didn't you know go celebrate. Didn't go celebrate. So as you can, as you can see, he's a fantastic leader from, from what we know, you know, from what's been reported. So, but I, I think he's, I think he's more uh, naturally talented than the other three that I mentioned. And I think that the organization that he's with stays competitive enough to where, Hey, you know, we don't have to invest all these, these things into spots on the defense and we don't have to invest too much in like this offensive line. Those pieces are, are sort of there. So, you know, I think they have a, a, a good enough core and stuff and, and but kind of what he's working with for him to be good. You know, I don't think there's nearly as much pressure for him to I develop to, as there is the other quarterbacks. I have to say that having Trevor Lawrence then as n- at number one is extremely boring. <laughs> it's a very boring answer. Hey, this quarterback who's the most highly touted quarterback to come out of, you know, college since Andrew Luck. He's probably going to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you really, really went out on a limb on that one. I got to. I did. I did. You know, going against the grain here on the yeah. Casada Sports Podcast, but where, where we mean, have controversial opinions. Where we have very, very controversial opinions. You know, we really, really like to just stick it to stick it to mainstream media and go yeah. against the grain. Yeah, but I okay, I know, I know, you know, I know it. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now that he, the the kid, is just too goddamn talented he he 
he has so much potential. His ceiling is sky high. And this is kind of what I was saying earlier, where it just depends just on the organization. With Urban Meyer. Yeah, you know, it just depends on the organization. And and like I said, it'd be one or two because Justin Fields could end up having this really great career. I, right. I really so think that that's could take, but, if you could take Trevor Lawrence off of the Jaguars and put him on any other team that's not the Saints. Who, that's who that's not the Saints. In? Who would he fit best in? Where what team organization would he go on and like this is perfect? Um well there's a couple teams. Uh Pittsburgh, I think would really? be a good start. I think Pittsburgh for and him would I think that blend would be fantastic. Especially now that they got Najee Harris in there. They got a Najee great receiving they, core. But they're gonna have Aaron Rodgers next year. Well, I mean we're speaking hypothetically here. In my hypothetical scenario, Aaron Rodgers comes to New Orleans. Jameis Winston okay. goes and sells insurance. Okay, this is my hypothetical, not yours. So I think Pittsburgh would be fantastic. I think uh, – no, actually, I'm not even going to say that one. That's 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 a stretch. Uh, Tampa Bay, obviously, they have all kinds of superstars everywhere. And obviously, Tom Brady's going to play probably another 100 years. But I think a team that already has like three, I'd say like three legitimate offensive threats, and a and a B a rate like a B rated offensive line, they would succeed. He would he would dominate with that because a lot of the issues. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the Jacksonville game yet. The guys, he's he's on the run all the time. He's getting hit oh, all yeah. the time. His, his, the talent that he has on the receiver, like they should be better. Like on paper, that offensive receiving core should be way better, but it's not. It's just not there. They're not. They're not doing. They're not helping him. You know. So I mean, yeah, statistically, no, I mean, his numbers don't look great. But I mean, if you if, watch the kid just zip the ball, he's he's so good. If he can withstand this season, you know, he's gonna get beaten around. He's gonna lose more games than he probably ever thought was possible to lose. Uh, but I think, you know. He seems to be as advertised. You know, he's still young and raw, but he uh-huh. definitely seems to be as advertised. Now, I mean, he could just totally shit the bed from this point on. Um, you know, you can't ever really tell with that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we watched him all throughout his career at Clemson, and I have seen, you know, seen him play this year. And, you know, he looks like the deserving number one overall draft pick. Uh, but like you said, you know, the offensive line is pretty bad. Uh, the receivers there are lackluster. Uh, and right now the, you know, the front office coaching situation is, you know, less Unstable. than desirable, less than desirable for a team in the position that the Jaguars are in of trying to start fresh with a franchise quarterback and really, you know, rejuvenate, the franchise rejuvenate the fan base and the faith and excitement about the team because they've, you know, they saw the Blake Bortles led Jags, you know, make a run one year and then just kind of, you know, that was it. It ended in a whimper. Uh, They're looking for sustained success that they haven't really seen since like Mark Brunel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I think the kids just he's good he's just really good they I like you like you were saying in our hypothetical like if he got an opportunity to go to one of those teams like 
I don't even think he'd be going through this rough patch. I think he'd have a rough first few games, kind of like he has already. But I, I don't think it'd take very long to, to get settled in and 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 do the damn thing. You know, I mean, obviously college isn't the NFL, but at the college level, he played against the best teams. So you know, when it came playoff time and national championship time, he was going against NFL talent every week. So, yep. You know, I mean, I, yeah, like you said, it's it's controversial, and no one's going to agree with me at all. But that's my top five, and Trevor Lawrence is on top of it. All right. Well, we call ourselves, you know, at the moment, Casa de Sports. When realistically, all we've talked about so far is football, <laughs> most of our episodes, uh, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna change things up here, and I'm gonna talk about other sports. So. As of right now, again, we're recording on a Thursday. The Dodgers and Giants are locked in a pretty good series. Game five, you know, winner, winner take all. They're currently uh, tied at nothing apiece. Uh, like I said last time, man, just there's just something special about playoff baseball, and especially when it's you got you get playoff baseball between teams like this teams that fought each other you know year round you know the Dodgers I saw something that was like congratulations you know uh you know the LA Dodgers you won 106 games this year now you get to play in the wild card yeah (laughs) it's it's crazy because the Giants won 107 you know they were just a little bit better just Um, a tiny bit so they fought each other all year uh the fan bases between the two are passionate I would say the Giants fan base is a little bit more passionate just because LA and for sports in general is very fair weather. I don't think that the fans who are Dodgers fans or like Lakers fans or anything like that would necessarily cheer for other teams, but they just don't cheer for their teams if they're not doing any good. Um, yeah. But when they are in positions like they are right now where they are in the playoffs, you know, a top contending team, you know, they were the champions last year. The fan base is going to be fired up. And same with the Giants, you know, they're, you know, it's still pretty recent history that they won three World Series. So it's pretty good. And then over on the American League side of things, we get a matchup that absolutely nobody on this planet wanted between the Red Sox and the Astros. Nobody on the planet. Nobody on the planet. I mean, so. This. I forgot to let the world know that I've moved to Mars. So what he's saying is factual. You I, you you have seen like three Red Sox games all year. I have seen at least seventy Red Sox games all year. Bullshit. Okay. In Bullshit. my in my hypothetical, I can I play by my rules. Okay, I do I, I do what it's, I want. It's the American League cheater faceoff. Okay, first of all, piss off. Second of all, I you know, you're we talking I'm, about like by the uh, way, I'm pulling for the Astros in this one. You go right ahead. Yeah, you su- you support those actual cheaters over there. You know, like you were saying though, like when it comes to like playoff baseball, like like it's a it's a different thing and there's not there's not much better than that. And part of the beauty of that is you never know what's going to happen. And I tell you, as a Red Sox fan, I had no freaking clue, no idea no faith to be honest with you that we were going to beat the Rays and not just beat the Rays, but walk off 
back-to-back nights to beat the Rays and move on to the ALCS. So Yeah, I was a little shocked that the Rays kind of, you know, hit the bed the way that they did. They uh, were the class of the AL East pretty much all all season long. Not no uh, more. Ne- Bye-bye. Never, never really looked like they were in any danger of, you know, not winning the division. Uh, but they just – they're not built for the playoffs, I don't think. They you don't know, that's – star pitchers. They, they're cheap, so they don't – you know, any stars that they have on the team now are probably not going to be on the team next year. Uh they play it's part of the beauty. They play in one of the worst ballparks in all of baseball. Yeah, it's it crazy with a with a dome in baseball. It's dumb as hell. I mean, I but agree. you know, it is stupid. But Toronto does it just fine, and they don't. This is the beauty of baseball. Though. Hit catwalks and fall back onto the field and shit. This is this is the beauty of baseball, though. Everything works out the way that it was supposed to work out, right? Oh, God, the Red Sox. Weird. We had a great first couple months. We were leading the division for a long time. Obviously, we fell off. The Yankees were sucked ass in the beginning, and then they kind of caught fire a little bit. But when it came to playoff time, those idiots in the Bronx, they get eliminated. Those cheap I mean, asses with, with the you. Dome they Stadium in Tampa. But you don't know why they get because they you've get only shipped watched off. three baseball games. They get shipped season. off. Baseball works out the way it's supposed to work out. And if okay. it really if it really I mean so if baseball it was supposed to work out that back to back World Series champions with heavy, heavy asterisks next to their uh, championships. That it was supposed to work out that way. What are you talking about back to back? Oh I mean I think you know what you exactly mean what I mean. I think you know exactly what I mean. No, 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 no. Yep. You you're referring to a single championship by no, I'm uh, talking about back to back. A little no, a little group in in Houston whom we all hate collectively. We all hate them. Mm-hmm. The the Houston trash canners or whatever you want to call them. I don't I don't know what they call them nowadays. But uh, asshole. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about back to back though. I don't know. You we know should probably move on though. So back to the National League. <laughs> so real quick, I do want to touch on the National League. I I mean it's common knowledge now, but nobody before the the series started knew this i mean i don't think anybody that really is in tune with baseball knew this but how the hell did the dodgers and giants never meet in a playoff game before or playoff series how does how does that happen i mean, I mean it's in luck really thinking about never it. were good at the same time it's I, incredible yeah. though to really think about it. i, I it, you know when i saw when i saw i think it was espn that put it out there initially i was just looking i was like oh that's there's a typo there or something that doesn't that doesn't make any sense, and yeah, I didn't believe you know, it either. Um, they let the nerds kind of go I through the history books and find now, out, that, like, holy shit! Does are they counting only the time that the teams have been in California? Because there's no way that they never. Well, I guess you know what that makes oh. sense because back when they were both in New York, there weren't really playoffs. You just won the pennant and went to the World Series. So yeah, you know, what? I mean, I, who- kind of, I believe it. It's incredible to really think about, though. I mean, that both franchises are over a hundred years old, right? And yep. and for the amount of times that the playoffs have existed and the way that they do, like for it to never happen one time is just it's incredible. The other thing that's incredible that I don't I I I don't really quite get it. I mean, I I can be alone here, but what is the what is the point of using an opener instead of 
your you know starting your pitcher who's won 20 games this season that I've watched 20 games yeah I've, I I've watched every game yeah okay so I uh, I don't quite get the move in the in this game for, the, for this game um maybe game one I or don't two. Qui- I don't quite understand you know I don't know the inner workings of the Dodgers that intimately to be able to sit here and tell you like oh well they did it because of this X you know Y and Z um it's peculiar I don't know if it's that they want to try and preserve the, you know, Urias to for the next series or something, which is crazy because, like, you know, you only get that next series if you win this game. So try your damnedest to win this one. Yeah, um, I guess. I mean, you, I guess it's working so far. You know, there's, you know, it's I mean, always- scoreless. Is he in uh, the game now? I'm assuming he's he probably in, in the, the game. game now. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the game. I mean, now, ideally, but... I would think I would think it would be I mean, cuz you expect your starter to get you 5, right? To get you at least 5 innings. So, I mean, if you bring him in in the, the second or third inning, you know, and and you you get your 5, you know, you're carrying your your, you know, 20 win pitcher into the 8th or, you know, the 7th or something. I mean, I I sort of understand it from that standpoint. I sort of do. But what I don't understand is never done it this season, you know, exactly start. That's where I'm, that's kind of where I'm going with this. It's really weird to do. Yeah. I mean, I did, I did see, I mean, I I tell you, I, I like to know things, but I mean, when it comes to baseball and strategy and baseball, my, my knowledge only goes so far. So, I mean, I did have to read up a little bit on, on the possibilities of why. And I did see that it was like, you know, they didn't want the Dodgers to stack a bunch of left-handed hitters like they have been doing apparently in the games that I've watched. Cause I've watched all of them. So I, I get that, you know, to do that, but it just doesn't make sense to do. I mean, what you've, what you've been doing has been working. Why in an elimination game, do you decide to do something that's completely out of left field and, and potentially, I mean, it is paying off, I guess from what we're saying, it, it's, it did pay off, but it just seems just a wild ass move to do now. Yeah, it's a very bizarre move. Um, transitioning away from baseball here, basketball is getting ready to start up. Uh, and I only bring this up because I I have been struggling with something uh, all off season and sort of even last year. I am a Lakers fan, and they are, you know, favored to be a very good and competitive basketball team. Old, but yeah. competitive. Yes, yet I have almost no excitement about basketball. Mostly because of the way that the Lakers are now. It's just just LeBron and friends. You know, it's not the Lakers. It's LeBron and friends. Like, hey, let me bring in some of my old friends. Um, You know, it worked for a season. They won a championship out of it. but, you know, as a fan, I, I like it when, you know, my team drafts players, develops players, and then those players, you know, stick around. There's nobody on the team that's like that anymore. You know, they got rid of Kuzma. I know a ton of Lakers fans hated Kuzma. I didn't. Um, I thought his game was limited because of LeBron James and just the style of basketball that you have to play when you play with a LeBron James. Um I'm just not excited. I not at all. I mean, I might get excited once I actually sit down and watch like a game that means something. You know, it's not it's not preseason or summer league or something. Maybe I'll find a new 
new favorite player on the team or something some some of these guys but I just have no excitement none if I was the type of person that jumped ship and went to another no team I I would I would at this moment yeah I mean if you do want to jump ship there's a really really uh good team up north good uh, there's a, there's a California, really good team in, Golden State in, Warriors. in Boston, no, actually. No if you way. if you value you you know drafting players and and developing them, then then I mean we're we're the we're the team for you because this mm. that's our bread and butter. You know, yeah. Danny Ainge is he's, he's historically yeah. just been great at drafting quality talent and building them up. I mean, I'm all God, right. the list goes on. You got Jason right. Tatum and Jalen Brown. I mean, I could, I could. My guy Peyton I Pritchard. Could, no, I could be a more legitimate Celtics fan than you, since I've actually been to Boston. Um, and you've never been anywhere further, close. Further east than than Arizona. Yeah, thanks. Well, you went to Denver once. I saw. Uh, but that's oh, about yeah. as close as you got. But yeah, no. no you know. If. If if for whatever reason you know, let's say the Lakers uh, called the NBA offices right now and were like, "Hey, you know, we're just gonna not be a franchise anymore," and I was forced to like a different team, I would I would go to I would go to the Golden State Golden Warriors. State. I think. Yeah, just because, yeah, that's it's yawn. That's a I big mean, yawn. I agree. It's it's you know, it's I and I would absolutely be called a, a bandwagoner uh, for doing so, but you know, they do currently the things that i like you know hey we're going to draft these guys and then this is our team you know we're going to go out and win with these guys you know i like that i don't have any problem with free agency you know um or trades or anything like that but when you're just like hey we're just going to get rid of you know all of our players that are like you know up to this point have only ever been lakers and we're just going to get these old guys like the team is going to be trash in like three years yeah and all these guys are gone and it's and Anthony Davis probably isn't there anymore either because he's asked for a trade because they're crap and he doesn't want to be there. Um, yeah. It's just not exciting. It's not I, exciting. That, I'm, I'm with you on that and on just in basketball in general, um, it, the way that it's kind of gone. And it's real like classic Yankees. A college basketball fan. It, yeah. It's like real classic Yankees where it's just like, hey, you know, just let's just go buy a ring. Let's go get everybody. Give us Russell Westbrook. Give us LeBron. You know, yeah, it's. It, I mean, it, it is, it takes the fun out of it, right? Because it's not this, it's not this team that's like you said, it's been drafted and developed together and they, 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 you know, oh, yeah. de- build mean, the team, that's... even golden state, golden state's golden state's recipe for success. was that was drafting these guys, you know, they did bring in Kevin Durant, which we all kind of think is but that, but, I mean, just annoying, but before he got there, so it's not exactly, like they exactly. brought him in because they couldn't do it without him. You know, exactly they that they could and then they you know it's not like they drafted that whole team you know you can't you have to have some free agents and stuff but they you know like or the, they drafted their core and now I, I you know and i only touched upon it as far as you know why i was not interested with just my own team but just all of basketball you know it's it's super teams like that's all it is anymore there's the fact that the milwaukee bucks were able to win last year is Incredible, <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. It didn't even they're seem possible to, there for. They're a not going to be able to do it again. Um, you know, it's it's just super teams. You know, these guys they get drafted and they don't even necessarily have to stay on the team that they're on for that whole initial contract anymore. You know, or that they, they 
because they just demand a trade. It's just, it's just not fun. Yeah. It's, it's at least for not somebody who is a fan of sports the way that I am and where I pick a team, you know, I'm a fan of the Los Angeles Lakers franchise, not because X player is on the team. Whereas the NBA nowadays is very much, you know, I pick a player that I like and I just root and I for follow him team, around. whatever team he's on. You know, I have a, yeah. I knew somebody that was that way. He was a LeBron James fan and he just cheered for whatever team LeBron was on. He didn't care uh, if it was the Heat or the Cavs or the Lakers now. He just, that was his team. And that's, you know, me, um, I, it's ridiculous to say, considering how not old we are, but I, I'm an old school kind of fan. You know, I'll like it. I didn't jump ship from the Lakers once, you know, Kobe retired and go and like somebody else. I stuck with them. Um, and now, now that they're good again, uh, it's harder than it was when they were not good. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. It's, it, it is, it's taken a lot of the fun out of it. Um, but even just the game in general, it, it's taken a lot of the fun out of it. It's real, you know, contact free and the basketball that we kind of knew growing up is, is, not really there and it's like that with it's like that with football as well on a on a different level but you know i'm more of a i am more of a a player's supporter right i i sure most of the time i pick the player before i pick the franchise right or before i pick the league even i'm gonna i'm gonna support the player but when it but when it comes but this is me but when it comes to basketball i feel like this is it's just like the dark side of being a player supporter right because it's it's hypocritical to sit there and think like, Hey, you know, I, you know, I, I support the player. I want the player to be able to do these things. But then you see the dark side of that where it's like, well, now every player is doing this and every single player is demanding the trade so they can form this super team and do all this stuff. And it's gotten just a little out of hand. And on, and on basketball, it's way more magnified too, just because you're dealing with so many less people. You know, yeah. I, 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 I would know, support the, more of this in the football space and even and even baseball, I'd support more of it. But but in basketball, when one person does this, you know, and then another guy and another team does it, you know, it's way more magnified and it's, it's it becomes a much bigger deal. Well, especially just because of how much one person can affect the game in basketball compared to exactly. Other yeah. Um, but you know, and even like sometimes, you know, people bring up like, oh, the, you know, they just want to play with like their friends. You know, didn't you, you want to play with your friends when you were a kid? Like, sure, but not all of my friends were, you know, all stars. You're telling me that LeBron James. Just one of your have, friends was. He, you're, you're telling me LeBron James doesn't have a single friend who's just like a bench player. <laughs> he was <laughs> only friends with yeah. fellow all stars. It's ridiculous. But, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, moving on to another sport here. Hockey. Hockey started on Tuesday. It, it may have turned into my favorite my favorite uh, professional sport over the last few years. Um, I always I always love whatever sport is in season. It's usually when somebody will ask me, oh, what's your favorite sport? I'm like, whichever one's in season. That's the one I like the most. Um, and so right now it's it's hockey. Lots of lots of interesting storylines in hockey. Uh, they didn't really get to have any fans in the arenas last year. Now they do. Uh, you got the Tampa Bay Lightning trying to do something that nobody since the early 80s New York Islanders have done and win three in a row. Uh, they're not off to a hot start, I, I believe. Uh, they lost their first game, and the last time I looked, they were losing to Tampa pretty badly, or to losing to Detroit, I'm sorry. 
Um, that oh, game wow. is uh, six and six. Six to six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's one thing that's excellent about hockey. You know, you're not really out of it until all the time is left or all the time is expired. And that's something that, you know, that the, the Lightning can do is just score. You know, they can they, they can beat you however you want to play. You want to play a high skills game like it appears that's going on right now, fine. That's no problem for them. You want to play, you know, a gritty, grindy kind of all phases type game, they're good on that too. And if you want to play some bloody black and blue hockey, they got you. Uh, you know, and we got I when the Vegas Golden Knights entered the league a few years ago, I was fucking pissed because I thought that the way that the expansion draft and stuff worked was bullshit. Um, especially since you know my Ducks, my Anaheim Ducks GM got fleeced and made to look like a fool with his decision making around the expansion draft, where he basically just gave up you know, our best prospect for cap relief. And now, you know, the Ducks suck. And the player that they gave the Golden Knights is like one of the top five players on their team and one of the best offensive defensemen in the whole league. And I got to watch watch him kick the shit out of my team every year, and that's pretty hard. But And I wanted to hate the Seattle Kraken when they came in for the same reason, but I've changed my mind. You know, I don't blame the Golden Knights for – just following the rules that were, you know, placed in front of them and going out and just making stupid GMs look stupid by making good moves. Um, but I just hockey expanding outside of traditional, you know, hockey markets is only a positive. I, more, you know, teams in the South, places where palm trees exist or, out on the West Coast, you know, there's no palm trees up in Washington, but it's the West Coast. It's not a traditional hockey market. Um, I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them this year. The Kraken, I hope they do good. They're winning right now. Uh, I know Pat McAfee was making fun of them yesterday, saying that they're the uh, only, only team defeated. in the NHL with no wins in their history. Only defeated franchise that ever – but uh, I know, good. I know you don't really give a shit about hockey. But uh, I'll uh, I'll try to keep the uh, the listeners updated throughout the season as to what I think is going on. You know, it's way too early for me to have any kind of, you know, oh this team looks like it's going to be good. This team looks like it's going to suck. But my Ducks, you know, they won opening night with four players. Luke, four players on the team, professional athletes, born in the two thousands. It's interesting, disgusting. I want to throw up. That, I'm going to. Uh, has, nothing has ever made me feel more old than that. I'm going to uh, interject just a little bit, and I'm going to let our, you know, international fan base um, understand this is a sport that I know almost, almost absolutely nothing about. I uh, I invested. Andrew Kopitar. Andrew that's Kopitar. Not that's not his name. I still don't even know if it's Anje or Ange or I, I don't know Kopitar though. Ange. Good guy. Good guy. Um, he is a good guy. He's on the Kings. I hate the Kings, but he's he's excellent. And I can't deny that. Um, so I mean, this is this is the time. I I mean, thinking about it, this would normally it's be a time where ESPN I go now. It's on where ESPN I go. Now. If you have my, ESPN my Plus, you can almost watch any game you want, unless it's like some big primetime game that they're going to put on TNT. If you have ESPN Plus, you can watch 
pretty much most no of the games. Ads. No free ads because no we're free just ads. Rip off Barstool. Yep. And just for just totally for, original. Because we're totally original and super confrontational and controversial. Yeah, Will Compton, come get some. Come get some. Come get some. All right, you got any uh, closing statements you would like to make before we wrap this shit up? Um, only real closing statement that I have is uh, I'm glad we didn't have to talk about anything negative in college football this week. We did the Ducks didn't play, so I have nothing bad to say about anything. Um, Alabama, Alabama did go down. Yeah, big W, big. big W for the rest of the of the 121 schools trying to get into the playoff. Um, outside of that, and I just hope our 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 international fan base has a great week. Yeah, you guys, you guys, you know, stay safe out there, and uh, adios, compadres. Adios.